Welcome back to another episode of Let's Have a Sip. I am your host, Sean Drinks, and today's guest is Nick Bagley. How you going? How you doing, buddy? Good, man. How are you? I'm I'm good, man. I'm uh not gonna lie, I'm a little hungover. Had a little bit had a little bit too much fun last night, but uh, you know, I, I'm good. I'm good, man. I don't miss hangovers. No, um, I don't nor like you know, it's funny. I uh you know, my whole Instagram is like just straight whiskey and stuff like that and like one of the first things my mom told me was like or asked me rather was like are you a flipping alcoholic and i'm like no no i'm not i just enjoy whiskey so um but yeah man so go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody i am a bodybuilding coach and personal trainer i work at destination dallas um so i work or i live in texas Uh, i've been here for the last um, almost three years yeah, so I've always heard about Destination Dallas, and I always thought it was a super dope gym because the gym that I uh, I would go to was in uh, Cleveland, Tennessee. Shout out to uh, the Grit House. It, very similar vibes. And um, once I walked into, into Destination Dallas, I was like, this is the spot. Like, if you're not going to this gym and you live in this area, you are screwing up 100%. So, um, yeah, man, so what, what actually drew you to uh, to to come to Texas and uh, what, what drew you to go to destination Dallas? Um, so there's two parts to that story there. So that's the first me coming to Texas. Um, like I said, I've been here for three years now. I was born and raised in North Carolina and lived there for the strong majority of my life. Um, I went through a bad breakup in January of 2019 and um, was kind of at a crossroads. Uh, I had been talking about leaving North Carolina and just, wanting to get away uh and the girl that i was with at the time uh very vehemently was against it um she didn't want to leave her family and she didn't want me to leave the good job that i had because i made good money i had good insurance i had good health care uh but i was miserable i hated going to work Uh, i mean it was good pay i didn't have to work super long days i was up early and i was done middle of the day um so all in all it was a good job it was a great company they took good care of me um, and I, it's the most money I'd made until, uh, the last few years, but, uh, I just wasn't happy. I was miserable going to work. I was miserable coming home. Uh, I made up every excuse I could not to come home because I didn't want to deal with her. Um, and then we finally broke up one day after a car accident. So I messed up my shoulder in a car accident. And then the very next day her and I broke up. Um, I already had a plan to come out to Dallas to see my boy, Mike. Uh, he's one of my best friends from college and um, I hadn't seen him in a while. He moved out here to uh, be with his now fiance and I came out. I visited. Uh, it was that time in my life where I just needed to get away, needed to do something, needed to get my mind off stuff. So I came out here. We drank like crazy and had a good time. And we went to a place in downtown uh, Dallas or uptown, whichever one. But uh, it's called uh, Happiest Hour. And I was just out on the uh, the balcony area and kind of looking out into the city. And I just got this strong feeling come over me that this is where I needed to be. And uh, just had this, this weird gut feeling. Um, and I had already been telling my parents I was going to move. And originally it was to move to Florida. But after that trip, it was like, nah, I, I need to be in Texas. I couldn't tell you why. Uh, the, there was no... Uh, real reason. It was just this overwhelming sense of this, this was it. So uh, I finally made that decision that I wanted to move. And I told Mike, like, yo, I'm coming back out in July and I'm going to look at spots. 
And I had told him before that I was moving and different things. And I told a lot of people there was like four or five other times where I was supposed to move from North Carolina, like in the years leading up to this. So he didn't believe me. Uh, he was like, cool, man, just let me know. And then uh, I told him sometime that summer, like June, July, something like that. I was like, hey, dude, I booked a flight. I'm coming out. I'm going to look at apartments. He's like, oh, okay, you're serious. Uh, so I signed a lease in that um, three or four days I was there. I don't remember how long it was. Um, signed the lease, and then my lease in North Carolina didn't run up until August. So I still had a few months to hang out uh, in North Carolina. Um, once I finally got out here, uh, I knew that I was going down the personal training route. I had already gotten my uh, NASM certification is kind of your foot in the door uh, you got to have a nationally accredited certification to be a personal trainer. Um, I have the NASM and I have my four-year degree uh, at the time. And when I got here, I didn't have a job and I, there had been some stuff that was supposed to line up and that's a whole nother story, but uh, that ended up falling through. So I got out here with no job and was living off the of savings. Um, I managed like you can get a job as a personal trainer anywhere. Like if you go to LA Fitness, like I was a god when I walked in that door because I had the the NASA man. I had my uh, my four year degree, so they were like begging me to come on immediately. But I quickly found out that that place sucks and that LA Fitness doesn't take care of any of its people other than its salesmen, and their salesmen are sleaze bags. Um, so I worked there for maybe four months. I total I so I totally agree with you. So I had a very short stint where I worked at LA Fitness for like two months, and I was like, "This is garbage." I'm like, "I'm getting out of here." So it's a dumpster fire. I mean, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I had by the time uh, by the time I left, and it was only like three or four months in, I had like 30, 35 clients, and my biggest paycheck was like four hundred bucks. So, I mean. It, look at that now. I mean, I, I make six figures as a personal trainer and I have like 10 people in person. So you can, you can look at those numbers there and go, there's a big problem here. So in that, in that time I was eating through savings and my buddy was like, Hey, you used to bounce. I've got a connection over here. You can go be a bouncer. Um, so I started bouncing at a popular nightclub uh, in Dallas and made a lot of money that way. So I was still able to pay my bills. And the, the big thing about that job is that it connected me with a good buddy of mine um, that got me hooked up at uh, Equinox out in Dallas. And for those who don't know what Equinox is, it's, it's like a bougie white person heaven. Um, you're going to find like the richest of the rich at Equinox. Uh, I mean, uh, what's his name? Mark Cuban's wife worked out there if that kind of gives you an idea of the type of clientele we had. Um, I mean, I was talking to hedge fund managers that had ridiculous amounts of money that like they wouldn't even know what to do with it if they tried. Uh, and it was super easy for me to pick up clients there, like me just being a little bit bigger um, and having a different style than the other trainers was a big draw. And then uh, I'm very much a uh, go with the flow uh, kind of person. And I'm very organic in the way that I pick people up. And I was able to surpass the class before me of new trainers in uh, about two months and was a few set of people, like one, maybe two clients away from being a full-time trainer there. So I don't remember exactly how many, how many hours of uh, training sessions a week it was, but there was like a threshold of like, if you, once you get to this number, you graduate to a full-time trainer and then you don't have to do the extra stuff here and there. 
Um, and I was one or two people away from that. And then good old COVID hit. Um, so that's where we shift into part two of this story. Um, so right before, co like as COVID is starting to ramp up um, uh, and where everybody's freaking out about what's going to happen, what the world's going to shut down and whatnot, um, I got the news that my son was going to be, uh, that we were going to have a, a kid. Um, and so things started to shift pretty quickly. And it was like, okay, I need to start making money. I need to figure this out. Um, and then COVID happened. So kind of everything shut down and there wasn't really a choice. Uh, I was very fortunate that Equinox uh, paid us through that entire time. They paid us a percentage of what we were making of, of an average of whatever fucking month it was that they, they chose. Uh, luckily, I did pretty well that month. So I was still getting a paycheck that was halfway decent. Uh, and then we, everything was shut down for a while. And then we got the release to um, once things started open, this big flash forward, like that, that time period, everything was shut down. I mean, there was nothing happening. I was a miserable shit. I got fat. I was playing a lot of video games. I, I even drank during that time a lot. And like, I don't really drink. Um, uh, everything starts to open back up. I go back to bouncing first because the gym hadn't opened yet. Uh, and obviously everybody's been pent up in their house. They're, they're wanting to go get like some energy out, go do something fun. So of course you hear a bar is open, everybody and their mother wants to show up. So we were making like a lot of money, uh, in cash under the table, just people trying to get in the door. Um, and it was a, a substantial amount of money to be able to keep myself afloat for a long time. And then Equinox opened back up. So I go back to work there. Uh, and me and one of the managers started to butt heads really hard. Um, so this kind of comes back to what I said in the beginning, where I'm a very organic, go-with-the-flow person. I'm not a salesman. Um, I can sell the hell out of myself, but I'm never going to hunt someone down for training. Never, ever, never. I don't care. If you don't want to work with me, I don't want to work with you. So there has to be a give and take here. If you show interest, I will for sure try to sell you. But if you're showing zero interest whatsoever, all it's going to do is make me look like a dick if I'm trying to trace you, chase you down. Um, so her and I started butting heads really hard because I was just doing me. I was doing my normal organic thing. But the only people there were to choose from were either clients that already had trainers and that, were, that had been with that trainer forever or the people who like when the building was built, they showed up with the building, right? So they'd been there since day one, they'd seen a million trainers come and go and they maybe have worked with one or else they just kind of brushed them off and never worked with anyone because they know better. Um, uh, so me and her started button heads extremely hard, like to the point where I was speaking to upper management about her um, because she was like down my throat 24 seven all day at work, never letting go. Um, and it just started to really irritate the hell out of me. Um, Christina and I um, spoke a lot about like what the future was going to be because I was miserable that she made the, the, the job miserable. Um, and I just hated going there. Everybody's telling me just to, to ignore her and just let her leave me alone. She'll eventually move on. But if for those who actually know me who might be watching this, you know that I don't let things go. <laughs> Um, so I can't just, if somebody's coming after me like that, I'm not just gonna let you run me over. I'm going to run you over first. Um, so that's what we did. We, we butted heads until I finally told, told Equinox that I was gone. Um, me and the regional manager of the gym had a, like an hour and a half discussion about, uh, how she was handling herself, how things were being handled. 
and he was doing his best to try to keep me there. Uh, and it just wasn't going to happen. I had kind of already made my decision. Uh, and that's when I went to destination said, Hey, I want to be a trainer here. Um, and, uh, the rest is kind of history from there. I, I had two people, I had one guy follow me from Equinox and then I had another new client sign up and that gave me enough, uh, money to kind of get rolling to where I could fully just be there and give away as much free stuff as I possibly could. So that's how I ended up at destination. Awesome, man. Yeah. So what, like, I know you got a lot of, uh, you know, you got a lot of professional athletes that are coming in there, whether it be like bodybuilding or I think the last time I was in there, which was a long time ago, because I am a fat ass and have not been in the gym in a while. But um, you, know, you got you got a lot of like NFL players coming in there and just people from all walks of life. So that place is super dope. Um, yeah. So how, what is it like? Um, you know, going in there daily, because I'm pretty sure you're you're in there like what five six days a week or something. So yeah, yeah, I work um, Monday to Friday. Okay, so like, or what Monday is it like? So like, what is it like walking in there and you know having Branch Warren and you know Keon and um, whoever else may be coming through, like Hunter Labrada? What is it like going into the gym and being able to, um, you know, because I've seen you work out with Hunter before, and like, what is it like being in that in that atmosphere with them? My answer might surprise you, but um, there's two parts to that answer. I would say the first part is it's a privilege um, to be able to speak to these people who work at such a high level and do their sport at such a high level. It's it's cool. I mean, you get to rub elbows with some of the, the baddest motherfuckers on the planet. Um, I mean, like you said, Branch Warren. I mean, I get to hang out with a bodybuilding legend Monday to Friday. Um, he knows my name. He asks me how I'm doing. I mean, it's it's a cool it's a cool privilege. But like. Um, being around these people on a regular basis, to be completely honest, they're no different than you or I. And, and that's where the normal person is like, we put these people up on a pedestal, right? Because we look up to them and we see their, their highlight reel because we all have a highlight reel. It's, our, it's called Instagram. Uh, nobody really puts up the bad stuff, myself included. Because uh, who wants to see the bad, right? Like, it, we, we no, none of us want to focus on the bad, so that's why we don't put it out there. And I think sometimes we, we want to make ourselves look cooler than we are. So, hey, look, we never have bad days. Um, but when all you see is a highlight reel of these people, you start to get this idea that they are uh, other. They are different than you. They are better than you, um, wh whatever you want to call it. But it's not the case. The, the only difference between these high high level athletes and just your normal everyday person is the dedication that they have to one specific thing. Right. And they have fully dedicated their lives to, um, you mentioned NFL. So we have a lot of NFL offensive linemen, specifically offensive linemen. Um, so they dedicate themselves to offensive line. And then we have, like you said, Hunter Labrada, who is focused on being the best bodybuilder in the world. So his day is focused on bodybuilding every day, everything he does, every time he takes a breath, it is focused on bodybuilding. So all it really is, is yes, genetics play a role in every sport. Uh, like I think every single athlete that is at a super high level has a, has a predisposition to be genetically gifted at whatever it is that they're doing. But at the same time, they work their asses off. So they're, they're putting in daily effort specifically towards something. Like specificity is the thing here. Um, so there, it's it's been a very illuminating thing where it's kind of broken down a lot of walls for me of the same thing. Of like I, when I look up to people, I have to remember that that person is still a person. They're still a human. 
they still have the same, they still have flaws. They still have the same uh, hopes and desires and fears and whatever you want to call it as I do. Um, so I, I try to just look at them that way. I try not to like get like, Oh, it's brand like it, you, we all have our moments where like, wow, this is really cool. And like looking in hindsight, I can say that to about a lot of situations I've been in, but at the same time, like those people that we do idolize, that we do look at on Instagram and that we do look up to, they're used to somebody treating them like other, they're used to someone treating them like better than, or you are their idol or you are this or you are that. But like, what they want is just to be treated like you or I. They want to be treated like every single other person. They want to be like talked to like a normal person. They want to be um, treated that way. So like that's what I've done with everybody. Like I could be sitting here taking pictures with all these guys all the time and be like, oh look who I'm hanging out with. Look who I'm hanging out with. But then they wouldn't want to hang out with me, right? They wouldn't want to uh, get to know me. They wouldn't want me around, right? And if I'm going to ultimately learn from these people, I need more than one interaction. We need to be able to speak together for a longer period of time. So I want them to like me. So I treat them like I would any other person. Um, so it, it's been a very illuminating thing in that regards, kind of broken down that wall of like celebrity versus normal person kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I get that. It's, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, was, I realized what I, what I was asking you and then whenever you answered it, I was like, oh, I probably should have worded that a little bit differently. But like, it was more of, it was more of a like, because you said it was a privilege to be able to be uh, to be around them just because you know they're on such a high level so um yeah now you, you kind of uh, that was a good answer yeah i, like I can that. i can i can explain on that more i mean it, it's it comes back to that whole thing of like it if you're hanging around five intelligent people you're going to be the sixth if you're hanging around five complete morons you're going to be the sixth if i'm hanging around five, 10, 15 of the best athletes on the planet. I, I mean, I, I know what my limits are, but uh, I can also learn from those people. I can better myself. I can get better in my own training, but I can also get better in my coaching, which is the thing that I know I will be elite at. Um, so they, we all, you learn uh, success leaves clues. That's the, the, um, the saying that I've heard. I have no idea where that phrase came from, but success leaves clues. So I try to find all of these high-level performing people that I can and try to find the little tidbit that I can learn from, right? So, like, do can I play football? Not at all. Do not throw a ball at me. Don't ask me to run a route. Don't ask me to do any of that stuff because I will break everything and the football will hit me in the face. Um, but I can still learn from those guys and how they uh, act, how they handle themselves, like how they're training themselves. How do they make themselves better that way? What stuff from their training can I carry over to my training? What stuff can I use for my clients? Like it, there's, there's always things you can pick and choose from. Um, so I try to learn from as many, as many people with as many different perspectives as I possibly can, because there's always going to be something that like, maybe at the time it didn't really have a big impact on you. Maybe you didn't really think it was going to be a big deal, but then you come across this scenario down the road where it's like, Oh, Hey, look, I know this thing because I talked to, to this guy over here. Um, so it, it's, it's a matter of like the, the privilege that I speak of is like, I feel privileged because I've been able to, uh, boost myself so much in my own coaching and my own understanding of training by being around these guys for the last almost three years or almost two years. Uh, I've only been a destination for about two. It seems like longer. I don't know why I feel like time's flying, but, um, yeah, I understand. 
Yeah, because me, me and my girl were talking the other day about like when we first met, and we're like, man, that was like almost four years ago. And I'm just like, yep, holy shit, that flies, so, man. Yeah, and, I mean, my son, my son will be two in like about four months, which is ridiculous. Sounds so, feels like he just got here not that long ago. So, uh, so what's like what's life like? You know, I, I know you're not like competing all the time. I may be wrong. I don't really understand how all that stuff works, but um, you know, what's life? like balancing like competing and then um you know you know being with your family taking care of your kid and and all that um i can only speak to that so much uh because i have i i finished my last prep before my son was born um so he came uh let's see wait was i don't remember <laughs> Is my brain is just so cluttered, but so he was he was really young when I was competing and stuff, so um, I didn't really have to deal with that. That but no, I did. That's what it is. That's what I'm confusing. I did a photo shoot prep, and that was right before he came. And then I did prep while he was here, but he was still pretty young. Um, and then um, uh, Lily and Isla. So it was a little bit different. Uh, so we have three kids. So uh, we've got Lily, Isla, and then my son Everett. Um, and uh, so it was a little bit different dealing with like the kids have snacks around, you know, so there was some stuff like that. But uh, Christina is extremely supportive with what I do and um, vice versa. I mean, I'm very supportive of what she's doing. She's in nursing school right now. Um, so at that time, she wasn't in nursing school. So there was a she I relied on her a lot, to be completely honest. She did a lot of cooking for me. Um, she did, she does still does a lot of stuff for the kids because um, I like, have to get the gym for work and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, mostly as far as, um, figuring that stuff out, it was a matter of like stopping, like, I can't give my son a snack and then have a little bit of it. Right. So like, you can't just grab those little things. So that was a new, a new, uh, challenge because like I didn't have snacks around before when I would prep. Um, but anytime you prep, regardless of whether you have kids or not, there's going to be stuff that you have to balance. And, um, really what you're trying to balance is everything outside of what you need to do for prep, right? Because if you're going to prep for a show, there needs to be a hard shift in focus and it should be solely focused on that show and that specific thing. So you become very selfish, you become very self-centered um, and it's, it's about you for that 12, 16, 20, whatever weeks it is that you're prepping. Uh, and the closer you get to that show, the more it becomes about you. Um, because your sole focus is on that and bringing your best if you're actually trying to do the thing hard. Um, so trying to balance those things, like, yeah, it's, it definitely comes with its its difficulties and whatnot, but uh, Christina made it a lot easier um, that way. And I was able to really rely on her during that time. And uh, I had to do a lot of making up for me being a dickhead. Um, but uh she just like I, I relied on her a lot so it was yes it was more difficult in certain ways but yes it was also easier in certain ways because um i fortunately didn't have to do as much cooking anymore um i didn't have to do like laundry i didn't have to clean the house like those little things were taken care of so jealous. that part huh i said jealous <laughs> i mean i do i, I help with, with as much as i can around the house but um, she definitely takes the full, full, like a much bigger portion of that. But um, when there's someone else around the house to keep those little things in order, 
it took some of that off my plate so I could be a little bit more focused on myself. But yeah, it, it was mostly just like trying to remember to be present um, when I was with my son or the girls or anything like that. Um, trying to like shut my brain off when I needed it to and uh, be there when I needed to be. Like that's the hardest part is just trying to find that balance there because you, again, your brain is elsewhere. You're thinking about, okay, I got to do cardio later. I still got to eat this meal. I still got to do X, Y, and Z. So uh, there's always a focus on me. Uh, so trying to remember to shift outside of me was the the big thing that changed from like single neck to not single neck with kids. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I was so the reason I was asking that is because back whenever um, it's gonna this is gonna kind of sound like back in my day when I was in high school and played football, I could throw a football over the mountains like Uncle Rico. Um, Whenever I was heavily into working out, I, I had no aspirations of competing, nothing, but I, I was always very interested in being surrounded by that culture. Um, now, I had a very hard time balancing my, uh, my relationship and then the gym because I was a selfish motherfucker when it came to working out. I was like, look, I'm going to work out. You can come with me or not. Like, it was, it was bad. I was pretty much a dick. So um, as I've gotten older, I've definitely learned how to, like, balance my life a lot more not just with like working out which because i don't really do that too much right now but um just everything in general and um i feel like my uh, my girlfriend now uh, love her to death she is uh grounded me quite a bit and she is uh, she's a g so um it's good that you have a good support system like you do um yeah and hopefully like in the future whenever you are whenever you do decide to compete again y'all can kind of keep that routine going y'all got some good shit going on so Oh yeah. But, um, she's, she's been yeah. amazing as far as that stuff's concerned. And even now, I mean, um, we both cook a lot, but, but she does, she'll do a lot of things too. Um, like while I'm going to the gym, if she's got some time, she'll throw some rice in the, in the cooker or she'll, she'll throw chicken on the grill. Um, the, there was many times where I was like, I'm going to come home today and cut the grass and then show up and show up to the house. And she had already cut the grass. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> so it's like, uh, she's not afraid of like working and stuff herself. Um, which is a hard contrast from my last relationship where it was like, she just wanted to be at home doing whatever she wanted to all day. Um, so it's been a really cool thing for both of us to be able to help each other. Um, like I said, right now, I mean, I'm not competing and I'm not focused on any shows anytime soon. I had hernia surgery probably five months ago. So trying to come back from that, like there's still some aesthetic, like as far as, um, recovery like muscle wise like they're good to go like i can full send train now but uh aesthetically there's still some swelling and stuff there so trying to get on stage right now wouldn't go well um there's some uh still some trauma and scar tissue at the in my abdomen so trying to get on stage would do would not be good right now i'm really focused on the coaching and the, the personal training stuff um and then when i get home after work and working out and stuff i'm here to help whatever christina needs um, with the kids or grilling chicken or the dogs or wh whatever it may be, um, trying to help her as much as possible um, because nursing school is difficult um, and it's a, a big load on her uh, during the day. So like uh, trying to make sure that she doesn't feel like she has to take everything on. Um, all right. So you were talking about food. I fucking love food ever since I got to Dallas. Um... We, my girlfriend and I are going to like different spots every weekend, trying different food, blah, blah, blah. Um, so you're, you're on a strict, you know, strict diet, 
I'm sure you're enjoying life. I, I know you probably are uh, every once in a while. Um, hands down, favorite cheat meal, what would that be? I'm uh, pretty boring, man. I mean, uh, burger and fries. Uh, as I've gotten like more clean with my diet, more focused on that kind of stuff, my gut has told me that it doesn't like other things. Uh, so I'm pretty sensitive, and so is Christina. We both have a pretty sen- – she's light years beyond me as far as how sensitive her stomach is. She like looks at the wrong food and she breaks out in a rash. <laughs> so, like I don't, I don't have that fortunately. But we're both very kind of, um, like I know what my stomach will agree with and what it won't. So typically, like a burger and fries or uh, Chick Fil A. Yeah, Chick Fil A will be a good go too. Oh yeah. Well, I'm usually like oh, shit. I've had a cheat meal every day for the last eight months, so I couldn't really <laughs> tell you what my favorite cheat meal is, but. There's a spot up here in uh, in Dallas. It's right by uh, oh shoot, where is it at? Uh, it's on SMU Boulevard. It's called Oishi. It's a sushi joint. Oh, oh yeah, my, sushi. oh my god, dude! I, hands down, this is a bold statement, and you can kill me if you want, whoever's listening. But Oishi in Dallas, hands down, best sushi I've ever had in my life. So good. I definitely like sushi. It just it's just so expensive for me to try and eat what I want over there because it's like if i'm gonna get enough protein i've got to order enough meals and then or enough rolls and then by the time i have enough rolls i can get halfway through them and I'm like i'm gonna die um it's, it's so much rice uh is really good uh but i mean sushi's just too clean if i'm gonna have something i want like a little bit of not clean clean cleanness so i mean if i'm gonna go if i can pick any burger spot i'd go rodeo goat i don't know if you've been there yet but that's I've seen it, but I've never been. I think my girl actually went there the other day. You know what's funny yeah, is exactly. I she brought back a uh, I think she brought back a hamburger from there or a cheeseburger or something, and I tried it and it was pretty good. It was cold, yeah. but it was so good. I need to I need to go actually try that that uh, that place. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's a solid recommendation. Uh, you won't you won't go wrong there, that's for sure. But. But all right, man, um, I think I'm going to go ahead and cut it right here. I really do appreciate you uh, hopping on here. I really appreciate what you're doing with your uh, with your business. I've always been a fan of yours. I've been watching you for God knows how long. Um, keep doing what you're doing. And, uh, yeah, that's it.